Okay, so welcome once again to the Coffee and Heroes podcast. Again, your host, Alan. Um, we're doing now the previews podcast. The one we did last month got quite a good reception to it. Uh, I did have a few people say they hated some of the guests because they're going to cost them quite a lot of money. Thank you. Uh, that'll be Keith. Um, so same, uh, same set of guys as last week. So just again, let them introduce themselves. So start off with Mr. Marvel himself. Uh, Keith here. Happy to be here for a second time as... Alan says, uh, Marvel's sort of my thing, although probably just under half of my pull list at Coffee and Heroes consists of DC and Independence as well as Marvel. So, uh, though we did cancel Detective Comics today, you know, that's you know, another DC title by the wayside. After cancelling Plastic Man last week, do you see a pattern here, people? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just keeping the good books. <laughs> so, that's Keith. We also have uh, Stephen. Um, so, Stephen is. Uh, more prepared this time. Last time he had to uh, he had to step in. Brandon unfortunately couldn't be with us at the last second. Uh, he's not dead, by the way. He just had to you know go home. But, he's just taking uh, a break. Uh, <laughs> but this time we got Stephen to do the the DC picks himself. His picks last time would have been quite similar to Brandon's anyway. You know similar sensibilities, but uh, this time it's a hundred percent on him. And then our final guest, uh, again we don't trust him to pick anything, but uh, we like having his color and input to this, and that is. Kieran, I really struggle finding good stuff to read. That's what the podcast is for. Yeah, it's for people like That's why I'm here. (laughs) It's exactly what the podcast is about. It's um, it's trying to make things as easy as possible for the upcoming titles, for what looks good, what, in our opinion, are the best titles coming up. Uh, It's going to be, again, split into DC, Marvel and Indie. But just before that, we thought we'd start off with a a new section. Sorry, so Vicky's in the background as well. She's actually cooking dinner tonight, but she may jump in with a little bit of colour here and there. She's currently in the background trying to uh, arrange a copy of Swamp Thing from America uh, oh. for Kieran because Swamp Thing's one thing he will read. Can I cancel my pull list and just have that? <laughs> uh, Vicky, can you cancel that Swamp Thing, please? <laughs> no, 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 cancel it. That's okay. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, before we jump into the, uh, the previews, we thought we'd start off with a new section, which we'll do from here on in which is actually um, going to be some quick reviews of just the, the ones we've enjoyed uh, the previous month. So we'll just go through them you know, quite quickly, quick discussion about it and go from there. Of course, I say quite quickly, we'll probably end up talking about it for 45 minutes. Uh, so I'll just start off with myself. Uh, I, I said to the guys, try and pick two or three of the titles in the last month you really enjoyed. Uh, I say two or three because Stephen really was struggling to even pick two. In fairness, he did have a full month of full list to pick up last week. Oh, yeah. And he's still working his way through it. So we'll forgive him for that. But uh, I'll start off with what I enjoyed the most anyway. And I'm sure it'll provoke discussion with the guys. So uh, the first choice for me was Doomsday Clock number seven. Uh, Doomsday Clock is a bit of a strange one because we're still, even at this point, getting used to the the uh, bi-monthly release schedule. It's frustrating in one sense because I think you'll lose the flow of the story a little bit. Uh, but at the same time, every issue, for me anyway, I don't know how everyone else feels about it, but for me, every issue gets better and better, and the art is exquisite, the storytelling's fantastic, it's clearly a worthy follow-up to uh, Watchmen, and again, it's a double-edged sword, I don't mind waiting for quality, but god damn it, as soon as every issue ends, it's a long way. I want it's the next issue, yeah. I want the next issue, it is worth it. You know, I, I think the first six issues have been set up issues. I think they've been established in the world. They've moved at quite a deliberate pace. It just exploded the life this time. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think I think uh, the last day, what did you say, issue seven, mm-hmm. um, I think it fulfilled what 
the promise of what Doomsday Clock has been since yeah. the start. Yeah. Um, I don't know that they needed to set up the world. Yeah. Uh, because the world was set up in, in Watchmen, I think. I'm still sort of unsure of the timeline. Well, that's it. I mean, you you got to set up the world in the sense that in Watchmen, the DC characters are not part of it. So you got to set up that continuity. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, again, the time frame is a little all over the place yeah. because originally it was set seven years after the end of Watchmen. So it would be 92. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So 92 yeah. was a big year in DC Comics. 92, there was the death of Superman. There was uh, Batman Nightfall. It seemed to be the, the year that a lot of shit went down, for lack of a better term. But... Uh, when reading issue six, for example, it was very much a villain's issue, and it looked like the Riddler had stepped out of Batman sixty six. But it looked like <laughs> quickly got shot in the kneecap. <laughs> <laughs> One of the best moments of issue six as well, where Riddler's talking to all the villains, and then he hears the laughter and goes, "Oh God, not him! Is he gonna steal my limelight again?" Uh, but Doomsday Clock Seven, you know, I don't want to go into too many spoilers just in case people haven't read it. But Doomsday Clock when we first we weren't long open and it was something we were trying to sell to people in terms of you should sign up for this Mm -hmm. and it was pitched as Superman fights Dr. Manhattan that was put in the stupidest simplest terms Mm -hmm. neither of those characters have really appeared until now Mm -hmm. and now you can see that's the direction it's going in it felt uh, this was the first I mean they've been fairly well sticking to the nine panels you know the the, the pattern of uh, of the original uh, book and it's largely been Watchmen characters mm-hmm. uh, there's been a sprinkling of Batman uh, there's been a panel of Superman um, the first issue how do we go to Superman, oh, Superman we, we were so yeah. desperate for I Superman probably, and yeah. Dr. Manhattan we remember a blue tinge of light outside yeah. of Clark yeah. Kent's yeah. bedroom yeah. 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 and we were like yeah. is that Dr. Manhattan <laughs> you know, what's you he know? doing outside Clark's bedroom watching him sleep <laughs> <laughs> we've been so starved of you know those two characters that we were looking for clues but Holy moly, they but, came into this one. Uh, they've set up uh, those two characters, um, Mimic and Marionette. Yeah. Uh, Mime and Marionette. Yeah. Yeah. Mime, sorry, Mime and Marionette. And uh, uh, for good for good reason. Um, but yeah, this one really felt like it like it kicked into yeah. Doomsday, uh, you know, Doomsday Clock into like Watchmen territory. Yeah. Um, and I think, well, I mean, I don't think it's too spoilerific to say that it was the first appearance of Doctor Manhattan. Yeah. In the, yeah. You know. But it wasn't just the first appearance. It wasn't like he turned up at the end of the book and you were like, oh, finally here we. Yeah. Oh, wait, yeah. two months. That's, later. that's what I was afraid yeah. of when yeah. reading it. Then and he showed up. Uh-huh. I was like, yep, okay. And then just decided he didn't want to deal with humankind. But again. He, I thought he was really well characterized. I thought I felt like he jumped yeah. straight. They yeah. pulled him straight out of Watchmen. The speech pattern, yeah. the the things he said, the. The Penis. disconnection. <laughs> yeah. We'll talk about that later. Um, but, uh, we'll compare dicks later. It was, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what the next what, year and a half or however long it's going to take to finish. Well, <laughs> this is the thing. I have this slight theory that um, Doomsday Clock is being lined up with another title we'll talk about in a moment, Heroes in Crisis. Because Heroes in Crisis is nine issues and it's monthly. Yeah. Doomsday Clock has five issues to go and it's bi-monthly. So I don't know that... That could just be something on my part that I'm looking too much into, but I have the feeling those two series are going to end at the same time. Mm. Anytime there's a title with Crisis in the DC Universe, it gets a major shake-up. It's not a relaunch, it's not a rebranding, but there's always some yeah. sort of shake-up. You think Crisis in Infinite Earths, Final Crisis, Identity Crisis, uh, Infinite Crisis. So I think those two are going to line up. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, so that's, that's well, Doomsday Club. Seven, seven was, is so far the best one of even Doomsday, not even of last month. Yeah. But not going in there because I feel like I could actually deconstruct that issue for hours. 
it feels podcast like this, coming soon. <laughs> it feels like this is the one that's starting to answer the questions about New 52 yeah. and everything. Yeah, yeah I think yeah. that's start fair. to get the wee hints of Doctor Manhattan has yeah. manipulated a lot of things yeah. in the DCU. What was the what was the the, the thing that um, from DC Rebirth was that someone had stolen someone had taken certain things had taken had yeah, taken five years on their relationships yeah, yeah. Uh, and had uh yeah because so even just the opening of the issue with with the green lantern and explaining so, that yeah. and things that yeah, was yeah, all yeah, dark yeah. manhattan yeah. changing things slightly exactly so the, there's the why of it yeah you know why has he done it that i mean is yeah. it just a play in around or was there a reason for it you know and what are the impacts and yeah. you know we still don't really know how comedian has ended up in the DC universe, mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. well, that's it. I mean, Doctor Manhattan know. saved him in issue six. You know, mm-hmm. when he was falling from the window that's again. Right. Yeah. Oh yes, that's changing right. the history yeah. of Watchmen there. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, I think that's a fair comment. I think the first six issues are all about asking questions. Hopefully, yeah, the yeah. last six yeah. are all about answering them. No, because um, I feel like I'm gonna start talking. So I'm starting to think of other things. I'm really I'm really looking forward to whenever that whole series is out. Reading Watchmen, yeah, and yeah. Then reading Doomsday Clock. Oh, yeah. I'd read all the new Fifty Two, then read all. <laughs> Probably not. Well, that's it. But that's the thing. I mean, are you going to have to read Watchmen, then Rebirth, then Batman Flash the Button, yeah. then Doomsday? You know what I mean? They're, oh, yeah. The I thing is, like they've been sprinkling be this stuff on for a little while. Mm. So. See the Batman one. When's that? Up? Which Batman one? The one in America. The Walmart one. Uh it's already. Up. If, if if she can have a look. Yeah. So again, just trying to organise Walmart exclusives here from uh, from the states. You can come. Um, but I feel <laughs> Batman Flash the Button. Like, what relevance does that actually have to Doomsday Clock? Well, it sort of teased Doomsday Clock more than that. it didn't have a big. It's almost like just connective tissue. That, yeah. 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 This rebirth happened. It all came out of yeah. Doctor Manhattan doing whatever he did with with the new 52 and I don't know if you just can remember the first time you read Rebirth because I, I didn't know anything about Dr. Manhattan's possibility of being in it mm-hmm. and as I was turning those last yeah. pages I yeah. was like oh yeah, they're I not doing that. this Yeah, because yeah. it even changed to a nine panel format yeah. in the last few pages no yeah. it feels like that. the button was just yeah. the bridge between this is what we've done with Rebirth Yeah, this is what we're doing with Doom, yeah. Doomsday Clock yep. Doomsday yeah. Clock's gonna do something with the DCU yeah. plus yeah. it was an excuse to reunite Bruce with his dad, which is always good. That's it's flashpoint proof. It's yeah, it's also clearly their intent for Alan Moore to go postal and just tell everybody. <laughs> <laughs> this is something I said. As long as he comes to my house first. This is something I said to someone in the store the other day. I'd love to know what Alan Moore thinks of Doomsday Clock, even if he mm. despises it. It's so well written that you you would have to respect it. Surely it's so well like, written that I it's feel... like I felt before Watchmen was yeah. a cash grab. Was I think yeah, before Watchmen was. was just throw creators at it. I'll oh, watch them. They will sell this. Doomsday Clock feels mm. special to me. Mm. Every time I get that issue, it's got the nice sort of, you know, hard cover. It's got the supplemental material at the mm-hmm. back. It's got the nine panel format. That some people choose not to read. Yeah. <laughs> Who's I not just, reading it? You not reading it? No, I do read it. Oh. Who was it the Chris. other day? Chris. Oh. Yeah. Chris somehow read the issue. Hi, Chris. Uh, <laughs> somehow read the uh, issue in about four minutes, which just astounds Chris me. read Doomsday Clock 7 and Heroes in Crisis in the same time it took me to read Heroes in Crisis. <laughs> and Heroes in Crisis isn't the longest issue. Um, but yeah, to me, Doomsday Clock feels special. I'd love to just know what Elmer thinks, but genuinely, I just I, as, as a reader, I feel like he doesn't even know exists. I would say the best way to find out what Elmer thinks about what's going on at the minute is probably to read the uh, the start of each League of Extraordinary Gentlemen Tempest issue because mm-hmm. there's a big section about uh, modern the start. comics and stuff. That's kind of a, a narrative from himself and mm. uh, and uh, yeah. Neil. 
Uh, I'll have to read so, this stuff yeah. now. But it's also a great book. <laughs> anyway. Regardless. Anyway, remember we said we'd quickly go through reviews. Um, so, yeah, so that's Doomsday Clock 7. Um, I do feel a bit bad chatting about it and recommending it because it's obviously quite far through it, but we can always backsource issues, never a problem. Uh, the second one that I thought was outstanding and it massively overshadowed another big release that week was Batman 55. Oh, okay. Now... Batman 55 came out at the same week as another title we'll chat about quickly later, <laughs> quickly, um, called <laughs> Batman Damned, which, is, you know, it's grabbed all the headlines, Batman Damned, for me, for the wrong reasons, uh, and Batman 55 sort of got buried below it, which is such mm-hmm. a shame, because, yeah. like, I've been loving Tom Keane's arc, a lot of people have problems with it here and there, with the wedding, with <coughs> whatever, um, but without all of that, you don't get this issue. That's that's what I'm loving about it. Um, but Bats 55, again, we won't go too much into spoilers, but Tom King needs to write more Dick Grayson. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, well, but Tom King did write Dick Grayson. He wrote Grayson, yeah. uh, which was like the spiral spy story. Uh, was uh, Tom King wrote it. Uh, but that was a different type of Dick Grayson. He needs to write a Batman Robin book, I think. Like, yeah. Set in like the 70s that's, or 80s this is or what something. I was thinking. Yeah, but that would be a Batman Robin book. That wouldn't be a. Batman Nightwing book. But just even the way he sort of says, like, oh, I don't remember calling, you know, calling Call you chum. chum. You know, yeah. all this, <laughs> such a, like the oh. throwbacks in it are amazing. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So Batman 55, just to go into the very quick plot synopsis, um, it kicks off, Bruce is still getting over everything that happened with Selina. Um, he's patrolling the streets of Gotham. Nightwing's worried about him. He's beside him. He's moved back into the mansion. Yeah, he's oh, you know keeping a very close eye. At the same time, this is happening. A character is coming through Gotham Customs. You know, what's your business here? He's doing mundane things. He's sitting in a restaurant. He's listening to the normal life go by. Uh, There's a character called KG Beast. And he sort of just glides through Gotham totally anonymously. No one knows who he is. And then the issue ends in a really, really shocking way. Uh, which again, I don't want to spoil. It's been out two weeks, but I'm still not going to spoil it because it was bloody brilliant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this this issue for me had everything. It was brilliantly drawn, Tony Daniel. It was funny. It had great dynamic of two people who clearly cared about each other. It had a great ending, as I say. Yeah, this this possibly and again big statement I mentioned to the guys earlier. I think this is Tom King's best single issue so far. Even of, better than Batman Annual 2. Of Batman or of comics in of general? Batman. Because Batman. Comics in general. <laughs> Batman. When Mr. Miracle issue 5 that I will discuss later exists, <laughs> you Not cannot say it's horse. better. Mm-hmm. Swamp Thing went to Ooh. Again, this shows the strength of Tom King because everyone's picking <laughs> something totally different and again, it shows how great a writer he is. It's, Heroes in Crisis came out this... Sweet. And another one we'll discuss. Yeah. There's there's a there's a little through line uh, here. I love Batman fifty five. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was fantastic. Nightwing is my favourite DC character. Uh, oh. uh, he I'm, uh, Only I'm, when he's Nightwing or even when he's Robin is would you uh, say Dick Grayson's your favourite character? I like him. I, I like I mean I, obviously Dick you see there's a lot of unlike Bruce Wayne and Batman, uh where uh, you know, either bat. Well, I guess what most often said is that is that the 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 night that uh, Bruce Wayne's parents were killed, mm. Bruce Wayne was effectively killed as well. Yeah, and Batman was born, and uh, since that time, Batman has perfected a Bruce Wayne mask that he wears. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dick Grayson and Nightwing are the same person. 
Yeah, he's personality he's, doesn't yeah, change he's, when the mask goes uh, up. You know, he's a wee bit. I like him because he's a wee bit. He has a bit of banter whenever he's fighting, which yeah. is typical Spider-Man. Of course, Spider-Man is my favorite character of all time. Um, you know, I like the fact that, uh, like Batman, he's unpowered. Mm-hmm. He's that uh, he he he's carried over that. Uh, you know, in this issue, he jokes about. Uh, you know how Batman thought it'd be a really good idea for him to wear a bright, uh, <laughs> bright red, green costume. You know to uh, that will blend into the to, to blend in. You know and uh, you know all of that good stuff. You know so he's he's he really is the the the, the light, light side, dark. the light yeah. side to, to Batman's dark. Yeah. Exactly that. You know what I mean. And he was the original Robin, and that's why Robin was created. I guess. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. Um, and he remains that, but he's he's grown up. He's become a hero in his own right, which I think is is. Fantastic. Mm. I haven't read Grayson. I've read bits and pieces of Grayson, but uh, I might actually pick the whole thing up. Um, so this is a this is a formative. Tom King writing uh, Nightwing was brilliant, mm-hmm. uh, and this is uh, I guess it's going to be a formative issue for for Nightwing for the next uh, few months at least. Um, well, it's yeah. interesting you say that with uh, the the light of Dick Grayson because. One of my favourite runs is Grant Morrison doing Batman and Robin when yeah. it was Dick Grayson and Damian Wayne. Oh, yeah, the best Batman. Yeah. So, the whole... <laughs> I was waiting on that. I'm going to have to throw a spoiler in here in a moment, but I'll tell you why in a second. Um, I mean, I love that run because of Grant Morrison. I've listened to interviews with him. He says it's all about opposition because you have a dark Batman to a bright Robin, but when Dick Grayson takes over Batman, it's a light Batman to a dark Robin, which is uh, Damien Wayne. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a function on podcast to flash forward 15 seconds or 30 seconds. Here comes a quick spoiler warning, because I thought of this smart-ass comment to throw at Keith last week, but I didn't say it in the group chat because no one had read it. Spoiler warning. So yeah, you're talking about how you know great Dick Grayson is nice and he doesn't scowl like Batman and all the rest. Who's left standing at the end of the issue? <laughs> and spoilers. Uh, <laughs> I've wanted to say that all week. <laughs> yeah, he yeah, said it to me last week as well. <laughs> so once you've read Batman Fifty Five, you can go back and listen to that part. I don't, um, I don't know if I'm more shocked by that comment or the football here. <laughs> so anyway, so uh, there you go. That's uh, Batman Fifty Five, and then I'll just throw one last one, but it will be a very quick one. Uh, it's a wee indie series called Bully Wars, which is written by Scotty Young. And it basically just follows the travails of a bully who's leaving what would be the equivalent of our primary school and going into secondary school, thinking he's going to bust some nerds there. But in secondary school, he's one of the smallest people there, so he's actually the one being bullied. Uh, it's just a really fun, charming issue. I'm not even sure if the guys have even read it, but it was just one I wanted to throw out there. I'm a big fan of Scotty Young's... Uh, Scotty Young style. So uh yeah, those were my favourite issues of the of the month. Uh we'll now throw you over to Yeah, we'll we'll throw you away from my DC recommendations and throw you straight to Keith with his Marvel favourite issues of the last month. Although in fairness he did say love Batman fifty five. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um and yeah, don't don't get this wrong. I mean you're we're both open to Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know? Because I will talk about some of the ones he's chatting about as well. Like, one of the ones he is going to recommend, I thought was pretty outstanding. Okay. Uh, and I guess we'll just... Uh, you're referring to Amazing Spider-Man Annual number one. Absolutely. Uh, so that was my... Uh, the first of my, my, my couple of picks from the last few weeks. Uh, fantastic issue. Um, it... Uh, Cast your mind back to, I suppose it was post-Secret Wars, the original Secret Wars, which we talked about in the last one, 
where uh, Peter Parker's costume was damaged and uh, he found this alien machine on, on Battleworld mm-hmm. uh, that, that gifted him with a black costume that responded to his thoughts and generated its own webbing. Uh, and that, of course, uh, eventually became Venom. Mm-hmm. Um, so this story uh, is a flashback and takes place uh, during the saga of the alien costume, which mm-hmm. is a fantastic trade. Uh, I think they've now released it as two <coughs> volumes. Don't know that they need it. I've got it in one volume <laughs> from whenever I originally bought it. Uh, but at that time, uh, the this flashback, whenever I say it's a flashback, it wasn't from Peter Parker's point of view. It was from the symbiote's point yeah. of view, uh, the living costume, uh, which was uh, parasitic um, and was feeding off Peter's energy and sense of responsibility at this time. But one of the creepiest things that the costume did uh, and we always we never saw it from Peter we, we, we saw it happening but we didn't see a point of view mm-hmm. was at night after it had seen after it had helped Peter you know take down villains and so forth and so on it was take it would take his body out for a drive at night when he was sleeping you know it would keep oh. him asleep and it would take him out Peter and, would wonder uh, why he's so tired yeah, all the yeah, time he would wake yeah. up the next morning and go and his life started to fall apart as a result of it his relationship started to fall apart mm-hmm. but this is from the symbiote's point of view and what it was doing at the yeah. time and it was going out and it was being full on like vigilante. It was, do- it was doing what it thought yeah, Peter yeah, Parker yeah, would have wanted. wanted. I thought yeah. it was gonna th- he was gonna th- yeah, yeah. get thanked for it. Exactly, and it would it was trying to be his best friend and be his other half and yeah. you know but I was trying to bond with him permanently. Yeah. yeah. Uh but the thing it was a dark reflection because it was going out and saving people, but it was absolutely kicking the shit out of villains and yeah. or out of hospitalizing you know, them. Uh, gangsters yeah. and muggers. You know, it was real. You know, uh, it was kind of, so it was creepy, but this even creeps it up even more yeah. because you're seeing it from the symbiote's point of yeah. view and how it's trying to please Peter, 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 <laughs> Peter. <laughs> you were going so well. <laughs> please, please, Peter Parker. Please, Peter Parker. <laughs> you know, so it's it's definitely well worth well worth a read. Um, yeah. I, really I, I don't know it. if you got. Uh, Lord of the Rings esque vibes off it. I really got Gollum esque vibes yeah. off. Oh yes, it was yeah, all like yeah, you know, yeah. you know, master will be happy yeah, what yeah, we are yeah, doing. Yeah, that's and, really interesting. And I was sort of reading it almost in the Gollum voice mm-hmm. when I was going through it. Um, but I just thought it was like I'm not the biggest Spider Man guy in the world. My Spider Man knowledge is not exactly great, but I've been getting more and more into it since Legacy came along. Been really enjoying Nick Spencer and Ran Otley's run, and now Humberto Ramos on art for a couple issues. But this annual, I mean, I, I haven't actually read the original Secret Wars and what Keith's talking about with the clone saga and stuff. The or, sorry. saga of the alien costume. <laughs> saga of the alien costume, beg your pardon, showing my lack of knowledge. But this one shot made total perfect sense. I thought it was creepy. I thought it was action-filled. It was funny in places as well. But it was just an interesting look at it. And what I would say is that reading this did make me want to go and read those other those other stories. So... Yeah, I thought this was a great issue. We're trying not to spot it too much because that big, massive pile I told you Stephen came and picked up last week, that's amongst it. He hasn't yeah, read it yet. Uh, there's, nothing, there's nothing too much to spoil. It's just a great story. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and it's yeah. a great one and done. Yeah. Great example of comics uh, as well because it is a one and done. And that's <laughs> another hilarious one. It's it's the 2018 Amazing Spider-Man annual yeah. uh, legacy numbering 43. <laughs> <laughs> See, that, that's, that's why I love annuals as well so much because... I love these characters, but I won't always just sit around and read ongoing series. Like Teen Titans, mm. for example, I'll always pick up an annual for Teen Titans because I love the Teen Titans, mm-hmm. but I don't want to follow them as much as an ongoing. That's why I jumped on with Spider-Man. I'm not reading Amazing Spider-Man, but I'm reading the annual. Mm-hmm. Annuals are always a great way to sort of 
have a nice touch for uh, touch for the character. They can, what's be, going on they can be hit and miss. They can be hit and miss. I mean, because usually the creative team on them is different from the creative yeah. team yeah. on the on yeah. what you know, uh, So I sometimes pick up annuals and I'm really disappointed. Uh, but then for everyone you're disappointed you pick up one like yes. this yeah, or you yeah. pick up Batman Annual Number 2 uh, the writers uh, Saladin Ahmed uh, mm-hmm. he's written a lot of different Marvel bits and pieces you know so uh, he's got a background anyway um, the other annual this month that I wasn't disappointed in was Captain America mm-hmm. uh, the annual it was, it was pretty good but it's not one of my <coughs> not one of my three picks so we'll leave it alone Cool. Um, so that's amazing Spider-Man Annual Number 1 uh, second pick then uh Second pick for me is Avengers number eight, uh, and I ranted a wee bit about this in our group chat. Uh, Jason Aaron, it's the uh, Avengers eight is the the start of a new arc. I guess uh, mm-hmm. the last arc was uh, this this the first arc of of Jason Aaron's Avengers run. Uh, put together a new team, uh, contains the the big three plus additional members. Um, Black Panther, Ghost Rider, um. Captain Marvel's in there, mm-hmm. um, but the uh, the new team uh, this starts with the new team getting comfortable in their their new headquarters, mm-hmm. uh, which is uh, the hollowed out corpse of a celestial. <laughs> it's okay. pretty, but it's pretty cool, you know. Um, it's uh, based at the I think it's the Antarctic, uh, which is a wee bit of a pain in the butt for uh, Ghost Rider to drive there from Los Angeles. <laughs> <laughs> You know, but anyway, the reason that this kind of got me—it's the start of a start of a New York called uh, World Tour, which I think will take in Avengers Seven Hundred, mm-hmm. uh, which we talked about last, uh, last time. Yeah, but um, <clears throat> Jason Aaron's writing. Uh, Jason Aaron did something in this issue where he brought together uh, his uh, run on uh, Thor, God of Thunder, mm-hmm. uh, his current run on Thor. And Donny Cates run on Venom. Mm-hmm. He brought all of those things together mm. in one yeah. smooth move, uh, and I just thought it was absolutely fantastic. It was just uh, brilliant. I'm not gonna sort of spoil what it was, but it was effectively, you know, how a certain item was created, mm-hmm. uh, and then what a certain item did, and then how it's come round then into. Uh, Avengers, it was brilliant, and it brings in uh, one thing that you asked about last time round mm-hmm. was what what have you done with the the Marvel rebirth, uh, Marvel what do you call it? One million BC. Yeah, 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 yeah. The, 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 yeah. Brought in that as well. Fantastic. <clears throat> so yeah, very chuffed. With I it. almost wish this was a, a YouTube recording because the strain on Keith's face as he tries not to reveal <laughs> all of these things <laughs> is immense. Well, uh, but I mean, I thought, even I mean, I can understand him bringing his own stuff. Yeah. But the fact that he's pulled in what Donny Cates is doing—that's what the best and, writers yeah, do. And, you know, and, they don't ignore that other yeah. books are out there, yeah. other books are linked in this universe. You know, clearly they've been chatting because he's bringing in stuff that Donny Cates is doing in his last two or three issues. You know. Yeah. So that's yeah. that's kind of cool. That's kind of groovy. I but would, yeah, I would almost say they're probably Marvel's two top writers. I would agree with you, and I, would, I am. Yeah. I am enjoying. Well, I say that, but I love Dan Slott mm-hmm. um, as well, and what he's done fantastic for so far has been great. But Jason Aaron, Donny Cates, yeah, I've, I've loved both those yep. writers for a long, long time. Yep. Great indie writers as well as, as the Marvel stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'd highly recommend. I'd highly recommend Avengers uh, at the minute with Jason Aaron writing, mm-hmm. uh, and that will pull you onto Thor. And if you're not getting Venom already, you're doing something wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Venom is our top pull uh, yep. at the store for Marvel. Um, it's actually joined with uh, another Donny Cates title, which is 
Cosmic Ghost Rider. <laughs> so it's actually our, it's our two tuples. <laughs> Ladies, he is single. Uh, <laughs> uh, so third on my list is Oblivion Song 7. Uh, so was the latest issue of Oblivion Song. Mm-hmm. Uh, 1 to 6 was the first arc. Was chapter 1 is, is chapter, what they're calling yeah, it on the, uh, which, uh, the train. Which they, uh, they released the trade. Uh, which yep. of course they had pre-released before... Oblivion Song 1 came out, yeah. uh, you know, which was very clever. I think um, it's worth even just saying there just very quickly, and maybe we've chatted about it before, but with Oblivion Song, Kirkman is the master of long-form storytelling. Yeah. I, I don't think there's anybody better at this point. Yeah. And with Oblivion Song, he was very public about the fact that he wrote, had written and drawn and produced 12 issues before they even released issue 1. Yeah. I think he said it before, um, he's learned from TV. You know, yeah. if you can get all these actors together, all these cameras, all these locations, and never miss a release schedule on a weekly basis, same should happen with comics. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. um, so I think that Oblivion Song's a testament to that. Uh, now, I haven't personally got as far as seven. I'm at about number five at the moment because I traded it. But, well, you see... I don't here comes to... the strain on the face again. <laughs> I don't want to get into spoiler territory with you because I don't want to put... Uh, Basic synopsis of Oblivion Song in general. Uh, Oblivion Song. Uh, the story of Oblivion Song is that uh, at some point in the, I think it was about six or seven years ago, I can't remember the timeline, uh, an event occurred which pulled a portion of Philadelphia uh, into another dimension. Mm-hmm. Uh, and more than that, it swapped that same portion of that other dimension into that missing portion of Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Uh, that includes buildings and people and everything else. So um, there was a lot of people missing. Um, at the time, it was a bit of a disaster. The military had to be called in to, to take down all these creatures that appeared and, you know, on, on, on our Earth side. Mm-hmm. But on the other side, there were these people who had been disappeared effectively and were thought dead, but uh, they're not dead. They're, they're living out their lives. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, and uh, there was one individual, the protagonist, he has uh, created the technology to allow him to breach the other dimension and go in looking for survivors. Yeah. Um, and he's, he's over the time, he's had a team and he's pulled people back, you know, into, into our world for better or for worse. Uh, and then his team was shut down, so he's been doing it, you know, by himself. A lot um, of this, of course, because he has personal stakes in it. He does yeah. indeed. Uh, but uh, the, and the world building has been fantastic, uh, second only to Lazarus. Uh, as a book, I would say, um, been really good. What they're um, and I, I just have, I mean, between Walking Dead and Invincible, Kirkman can would have to go fairly far for me not mm-hmm. to trust what he's doing. Yeah, you know what I mean. So, uh, working with a new artist, um, number seven doesn't change things, but just ups the stakes. Mm-hmm. And the revelation there suddenly makes you question everything you've thought the first yeah. six issues it's great stuff fantastic so no that I'm reading my, tonight then that was my third <laughs> pick honourable mention for Fantastic Four 2 uh, you were talking about Dan Slott yeah. Dan Slott's doing great in Fantastic Four 2 uh, the the story this time it followed the followed the team the the, uh, the fantastic well I suppose Sue and and, uh, and mm-hmm. Reed mm-hmm. and the kids and the uh, the rest of the the rest of the, the, the kids that disappeared with them uh, and what they've been doing since and update is the dialogue was, was fantastic uh, at one stage uh, Valerian this, this alien boy are having a wee bit of a flirt 
you know, and uh, he takes a little scared. Yeah, <laughs> having a wee bit of a wee bit of a flirt, you know, and uh, Franklin is the is the protective older brother, and uh, Reed goes, okay, it's time to go somewhere else, and what's happening is Franklin is effectively creating a universe, mm-hmm. which he pushes out into space and then they jump into that universe and explore it which is what they've been doing <laughs> so Reed, effect, Reed says uh, son just uh, more or less go ahead and create another you know, universe Franklin turns around to the, the boy that his sister's flirting with and goes yeah I created you universe I created you <laughs> that makes me your god think about that before you flirt with my sister <laughs> <laughs> great book uh, really looking forward to what's coming from Fantastic Four anyway that's me well as as I said before, I mean Stephen struggled to even get two picks together. <laughs> but what two? But picks what they two are. picks they are? What two <laughs> picks they are? And next month he'll be strong with about nine picks, I would say. Uh, so we'll we'll let you take the reins then. I think next month I'm going to be absolutely heartbroken because my first pick is Mister Miracle issue eleven, and it's the penultimate issue. Once again, the master that is Tom Keane at the moment. Yeah. With his sheriff of Babylon artist Mitch Dreads. I'll pronounce that for you because you were struggling this story. <laughs> I was struggling earlier. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't actually realize they'd done Sheriff of Babylon together. I thought it was a yeah, great series that one as well. But why, Mister Miracle? Oh, why not? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I say that as my you know wallpaper. My phone is Mister Miracle, but yeah. uh, you know, it's Mister Miracle's been a, a fantastic series. I mean, it's been a a B level, D level character. You know, brought to the mm. forefront. 12-issue maxi-series. I think DC's going to try and repeat that trick with Martian Manhunter. But, I mean, other than it being the second-last issue, what about this issue is... struck you so much. It's spoiler territory. It's That's the problem. I can't can't say too much without spoiling it for people. Um, Well, say you had to sell Mr. Miracle to... You know, because it's interesting that you're saying number 11 because when we get to the previews part, Stephen picked the DC and he picked the Mr. Miracle trade. So he's obviously recommending the overall well, story. I haven't read Mr. Miracle. I feel so like pitch, you pitch, were, pitch, pitch Mr. Mr. it to me. I know I'm going to read it, but pitch it to me. <laughs> pitch Mr. Miracle to these fine two gentlemen sitting across from me. But I'm going to read it, so don't spoil it. Oh, right. <laughs> where do we start, right? So, Mr. Miracle, Scott Free, he's one of Jack Kirby's new gods. Mm-hmm. Like, he goes way, way back in comic mythology. Mm-hmm. And uh, just what I love about the series is him being one of the new gods... There's an impending war between New Genesis and Apocalypse, but it's not real. <clears throat> it's not really a spoiler because it happens early on in the series that Scott and his partner have a child, so it's a balance between, you know, you're fighting for the survival of your people in this war, but at the same time, you're you're a new father, mm. you know, you're you're fighting for the survival of your child, and mm-hmm. that's what it is like. We've discussed there's a really great moment in the series where um, Scott's in a, a grocery store and he's just buying stuff for the child and uh, the clerk asks him if he's okay and he just lays all this on him. It's like, you know, what would you do if this guy had this army of thousands of people and you were the only person that could uh, do something about it? The guy's like, well, I'd do something about it. <laughs> and by the way, that's twenty four fifty. Yeah, you buy these beans too. <laughs> Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, New Genesis and Apocalypse. Mister Miracle Scott Scott Free is the 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 son of, like the the, the overlords of New Genesis and was raised in Apocalypse. Yes. And vice versa. That's how yep. they stopped some sort of 
conflict. Yeah, going back quite a while. Really? That was when Kirby first came over yep. to DC from Marvel. Mm. Um, a lot of people think because of falling out with Stan Lee, but that's he's never spoken publicly about it. Mm-hmm. Um, we all know it's true. <laughs> we do, but you know, unfortunately, Jack the King Kirby's no longer with us. Um, He'd be too classy to talk about it still. Well, know. that's it. He was interviewed right up until the day he died, mm-hmm. and he was like, "That's a conversation between me and Stan that goes no mm-hmm. further." And that's that is the class of the man, you know. Um, but yeah, Mister Miracle. What's great about it is, is, is what Stephen's saying is it balances the idea of big, massive. You know, world impending threats with, you know, just making sure your your baby's diapers change properly and it's fed properly and it's you know you're raising a human and this is something that uh, Tom King does brilliantly. He, mar- he marries the ridiculous with the, you know, the the mundane so to speak, but sort of makes them equally important. Mister Miracle, it's another one as well. It sticks that sort of nine panel format quite really rigidly does. as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like Tom King's clearly a big fan of this panel system because he doesn't Batman fifty five quite a bit as well. Um, I mean, yeah, I won't push you too much further on it because obviously number eleven penultimate episode. It's hard to or penultimate issue, I should say. It is hard to talk about it without going into spoiler territory. So how about we talk about a brand new series that just launched? It's got a little bit of a through line here, given that it's the same writer. Yeah. Uh, different artist this time, Clay Mann, but the writer, obviously, uh, Tom Keen again. This is... It's Heroes in Crisis, which, if I'm honest, as great of a writer as Tom King is, it's Clay Mann's artwork on this issue that it's really beautiful. sells it. It's beautiful. Because I said to you, as soon as I finished reading it, I said, that artwork was stunning. Mm-hmm. And you said, what was it? Was it the first two panel spread? And I said, yeah. Yeah, the first two page spread. It's a double page spread. It basically just has Superman flying over a giant cornfield. <laughs> I find that a wee bit funny because I was going, how many different ways can they draw cornfields? Because was, was, his cornfields were all different shapes and different angles. Yeah. And I was like, what the hell is he growing there? And then emblazoned onto that was the Heroes in Crisis logo. Oh, yeah, which was... Which was just, it was just a stunning page. I mean, imagine getting that, you know, original artwork. Just mm-hmm. would be beautiful. Um, I always think that with Superman, I think his best images are the simplest. Like there's a variant next week, for example, of Superman just like floating above the Daily Planet, and he's a tiny little speck, but it's just a beautifully realized yeah. image. Uh, I'm just looking at uh, some of Clay Man's work. Um, he's worked with Tom Kidd a few times, done a few yeah, issues of Batman and stuff. Uh, he was he 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 worked with uh, Ed Brubaker and Matt Fraction on the Mortal Iron Fist. Daredevil, uh, X Men Legacy, a lot of Marvel. All this Marvel stuff means uh, Keith. No, I'm him. I'm just uh, getting down. Worked on Superman, Trinity, Batman. Uh, yeah, there's some good stuff. He Interestingly, did a, he did a part of Action Comics One Thousand with Tom King. Yeah, he has Dead a tw- he has a twin brother named Seth Man who works primarily as his inker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nice. The Man Man. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, here's some crisis. You heard us chat a little bit about it earlier. Anything that has the word crisis in DC means something big's going to change. Mm-hmm. So the the sort of uh, the quick synopsis of this is Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman set up a PTSD clinic for superheroes called Sanctuary. In secret. In secret, yeah, you know, secret, it's yeah. um, it's accessed through this farm in. Someone fill me in. Uh, Nebraska. Nebraska, that's it. Uh, Which looks an awful lot like where Clark Kent grew up. It looks a lot yeah, like the Kent farm. Like, see, even in the original imagery, see if you look in the background, you can see three people standing in the doorway of what you think is what it looks like the Kent farm to me. Yeah, yeah. And I'm convinced it's Superman's mom, Lois, and Jonathan. Convinced it's those three. But anyway. Um, <clears throat> Superman's mom instead of Martin. <laughs> Why'd you say that name? <laughs> uh, 
See, I can't earn it. Leave it. But yeah, Heroes in Christ, it was all about the idea of superheroes, somewhere that they can talk about what they witness. You know, they save the, the world, but they see people die. They have people sacrifice close to them. And it was somewhere for them to come and be able to talk to professionals mm. and all the rest. Um, but Heroes in Christ, I was looking forward to, primarily for Tom Keane, but as Stephen stated, when he's not checking Tinder. Um, <laughs> uh, it's Clayman's artwork that just makes this um, I mean, uh, sing. I think it's interesting as well, because it's coming from the background of Tom King as a, as a former CAA operative uh, who you know, has worked across the world and uh, understands uh, post-traumatic stress disorder. Yeah. Uh, it's come it's come at a great time uh, you know just to, to get a wee bit real for a second you know we're looking at you know particularly in Northern Ireland like a mental health crisis mm-hmm. and we're, we're losing in Northern Ireland more young men to suicide than the other yeah. states in the world uh, you know what I mean whether that's a result of a kind of post-traumatic stress disorder yeah you know what I mean but I just think I think the the bravery or the the timeliness of Tom King addressing this particular issue through the medium of comics is a good one yeah well that's it it's a it's a good demonstration of how much more comics can be rather than just superheroes punching each other in the face as mm-hmm. they say um, I mean the opening scene with Harley and Booster Gold is brilliantly mm-hmm. written yeah it is I love how uh, Tom King writes Harley as well I mean Harley Quinn's a character I'm not a huge fan of. She's just so ditzy. She's clearly, you know, she appeals to fourteen year old boys and but there's a depth there if written properly. And <clears throat> she's brilliant in this. Like yeah. he writes her so well, yeah. but he can still acknowledge the past with the whole I don't like pudding and oh, stuff the like dialogue that. Is so good. Dialogue. Yeah. I think this is it's great as well because they've been they've been teasing very, very lightly, uh, through Doomsday Clock. Mm-hmm. Uh through um Flash and Booster Gold, uh, you know, mentions of, of the sanctuary and yeah. what it is. So it's clearly been in existence for a while. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's so, what I'm looking forward to yeah. seeing the history of it as well. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I, I mean, I, I don't know if I... I mean, I guess the, 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 the gist of it is there is a problem at the sanctuary. Yeah. Uh, there's been a, a tragedy where people have died. It's basically a breach of trust yeah. is what has happened. But, Someone has turned on all... The thing is with the sanctuary, only superheroes who have been treated there and the staff know about its mm-hmm. existence. You know, the general the, the general population doesn't. So there's been a breach of trust somewhere there. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if I am as interested in who's done this yeah. as I am in finding out the history of the about place. About the place. Yeah. And, and I know what you mean. But yeah, you know, That's how so. I feel. Because going into the first issue, you felt like... I slightly felt out of the loop. I don't know how you felt whenever you were reading it. But I felt that a loop when they were coming and going, Sanctuary's down. I was like, well, they're saying Sanctuary is in, Sanctuary's a person. Mm-hmm. Then yeah. they started talking about the, the three robots mm-hmm. and that they were Sanctuary. I sort of felt like it was something that's mm-hmm. been established for years and people just know about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's definitely... But it's never it's that. never been a thing until Heroes in Crisis. Uh, and I thought what was interesting is there's there's wee vignettes through it. I mean, there's a, there's a couple of big shocks. There's a couple of big yeah. shocks, a couple of big casualties that... Uh, that I wasn't expecting and it being comics don't expect to stay yeah. yet <laughs> but uh, there's a couple of vignettes where Blue Jay and Booster and yeah. uh, Harley and uh, someone else are uh, interviewed and there's a there's a like a, yeah, a logo behind them on the wall it's, it basically seemed to me like a like an entrance interview mm. yeah, so basically yeah. tell us what's wrong with you what's wrong with you uh, that logo on the wall yeah. 
is the old Superman logo before it was the classic S that we all know and love. And uh, I guess it's S for Sanctuary. Sanctuary. Yeah, but that's the old Superman logo. And I think what they've said through this is that the the Trinity set it up. Yeah. You know, Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman. Mm -hmm. That uh, Superman. Uh, what is it? Superman thinks it's a good thing. Wonder yes. Woman thinks it's a kindness. And Batman, Batman thinks, thinks it's a necessity. necessity. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but the. The the start of the the start whenever obviously you see Superman flying over the over mm -hmm. the the fields that, that are yeah. close to his heart yeah you know uh, and he drops down and just his we were talking about this earlier on you know, he yeah. drops down and he sees uh, he sees what's occurred yeah and uh, tiptoes around with yeah him. Wonder <laughs> Wonder Woman and Batman aren't there yet and yeah. Superman's there and he despite the fact he's the Man of Steel he is clearly affected yeah. yeah. By what has been happening, and it, it, he's affected to the point that uh, you know one, you know Batman, you know he's going on thirteen minutes out, you know, mm -hmm. and uh, Wonder Woman's not there yet, and she is worried enough about yeah. Superman that she calls him Clark in order to try and mm -hmm. keep his focus and bring him back to himself. That was that was the bit that got me. Yeah, it was like Fuck, <clears throat> she really they need to keep it, him. It yeah. feels like a big event that's tiny though. Like it feels like I like I like this when it comes to comics. One it is just brings the character down to who they are as a person before who they are as a superhero and it feels like this story is just only going to deconstruct every character that we've ever loved through DC like just even through Batman and Wonder Woman and Superman sort of reacting to what's happened it feels like yeah because it's all about like, how they react on a human level rather yeah, than yeah exactly that's, that's why I'm looking forward to this so much because it does just Wonder Woman's like the maternal I gotta check on Clark and yeah, Clark's mm -hmm. obviously wanting to get there as quickly as possible yeah. oh, Bruce is yeah. like I'll figure this out when I get there that's gonna be a fairly personal what you said I think probably uh, it touches describes sort of these sorts of uh, I guess mental health uh, mental illness you know it's a, mm -hmm. it's a small thing that affects an entire world you know what I mean? Your entire world. So yeah. that's that's interesting. So yeah, I'm really I'm looking forward to you it's know. Just, the, it was a great page yep. turner as well. You genuinely did not know what was going to happen page to page. It's uh, there's there's some books in my pull list that I'll read the first time and then I'll put them back to the bottom of my pull list. Yeah. Knowing that I'm going to yeah. read them again mm -hmm. and so Doomsday Clock and Heroes in Crisis both went back to the bottom of the pull list. So whenever the pull list finished, I'll read them again. Yeah. And cool. I think that's fair. Just going off of that though. Brings home again. Tom King has to write booster gold as well. Tom King has yeah. to write everything. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, I I didn't think when when I was massively massively getting into the comics to the point where they were my main passion ahead of movies or computer games or whatever. But behind Vicky. <laughs> don't need to talk about our personal life. <laughs> Whoa! Especially when you say behind her. Um. Yeah, I'm gonna edit that out. <laughs> Can we edit that Tinder joke out of the box? I'm not impressed. Uh, I'm really not happy about that. I might cancel the pull list. Again. Uh, so just in case you don't know, Stephen threatens to cancel pull list on a weekly basis. He can't really take much abuse. This I'll edit that out as well. This whole conversation. This whole part's getting edited. Um, we'll just start over. <laughs> edit. Um, yeah, so when I first started getting really, really into comics and them being my main passion, the main thing I look forward to every week, Scott Snyder was the man. He was... Detective Comics run was amazing. He launched Batman in the New 52. He did Swamp Thing in the New 52. But at the same time, he was doing Witches. He was doing Severed. He was doing American Vampire. I sort of thought that I didn't think another writer could sneak ahead of him. Tom Keane is there now. 
This but, is worse. God Snyder unfollows on Twitter. Yep. Yeah, this happens. He's it, unsubscribed. I mean, it's podcast. he's It's like he's a, it's he's like a hundred out of a hundred next to ninety nine out of a hundred. Like they're both top, top, top of their game. But Tom Keane is just there's something interesting about it. He, he's not like any other writer. That's what I like about him. He seems he seems to get what I like about superheroes. Yeah. Is that they're, they're people before they're mm-hmm. these big icons. Yeah, because that's what Mr. Bull were saying about Mr. Miracle. You yeah. know, it's he writes people well. Yeah, he yeah. he writes he writes humans amazing. Yeah, I oh, feel yeah. like although we haven't sort of encountered it in Heroes in Crisis with Superman, Clark Kent, Tom King writes human characters very well, grounded heroes. But when it comes to super, it's not his strong point. No, that's where he gets Scott Snyder in. <laughs> <laughs> or your favourite writer Brad Michael Bendis <clears throat> anyway that's a nice segue into uh, Kieran's picks uh, which we'll have to go through quickly um, yeah. I can um, smell lasagna right there <laughs> uh, go, so going from the start of this I'm going to go from Bendis but whenever I was told yeah three three picks I now came out with four after struggling to get two <laughs> I, I gave you one of my picks okay um, just going off of Bendis it's going to have to be Action Comics number 1003 <sighs> You haven't read it? No. Stephen refuses to read Bendis after Civil War 2. Okay. I haven't read it yet. I haven't read Civil War 2. <laughs> Keep it that way. But Bendis took over with Action Comics 1001. It's it's not even just a pick of Action Comics 103. It was a decent issue. But Action Comics since Bendis came on has been astounding. Like going back to the superheroes or people. Bendis the writes... Mysterious Fires. Yeah. Being sent around... Metropolis. And yeah. 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 But it's a Clark story as much as it's, it's a Superman. More, it's more of a Clark story because you start not going into spoilers, you get the other people in Superman's lives. Mm-hmm. You get how he's dealing with work, how he's dealing with everything that's going on. But that has the best thing that goes on with every issue. Mm-hmm. And it has the first page of every action comic since Bendis came on. And it's a page of Easter eggs. It's almost like these were the notes Bendis was making for 20 years while he was at Marvel for when he'll finally make it to DC. <laughs> but basically, Action Comics, it takes, it takes Superman, grounds him, and gives him ground-level threats that we all know that he can deal with. They have, they have like, sort of, there's, there's a running thing where they have, like, a side story of basically the mob and how they're sort of trying to work around Superman. Superman's here and a thing where they're, they have words that they're not allowed to say out loud and they kryptonite, they're Superman, things like that. So they're trying to sort of work around it. Then they start to, then someone slips up, and shit goes down with Superman. It basically it basically makes Superman a human, but makes everybody that lives in Metropolis a person as well. It makes everybody sort of it makes it seem a living, like breathing knows. environment. Yeah, it it sort of gives you the eyes of everyone in Metropolis, be it with from, super being living in their city. Yeah, be, be yeah. it from even the mob dealing with it or just firemen things like that. It it does just ground Superman. To the point that he seems like a human. Yeah. Even though he's not. No, I, I concur with that in Action Comics. I'm not a big Superman guy. I think that you only ever really need to read Superman American Alien by Max Landis. Yeah. And you know everything you need to know about the character. who has been around for 80 years. But Action Comics feels fresh to me. And, and I've been loving the run so far as well. And a, a part of that is to do with the artist Patrick Gleason, uh, Who, just for his one panel where Clark's standing in the background of the Daily Planet looking slouched over yeah. you know of course you can't see me slouching uh, <laughs> but slouching over you wouldn't believe that guy's Superman and yeah. that's the hardest part I think for any artist to capture is you have to look at Clark Kent and go there's no way that's Superman yeah. did I read Action Comics 1003? 
Is that the one? Possibly. With the girl and the kryptonite in the purse? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that Batman. was great. It was yeah. fantastic. <laughs> it was so good, he just remembered about it. <laughs> there was a big pool this last week. <laughs> you, can talk, you can talk about that. <laughs> yeah, that was great. That was a great scene. That, that scene in the... In the What's DC's equivalent of the Daily Bugle? The Planet. The Planet, planet. that's the one. Um, they, uh, yeah, where they're, they're all freaking out, yeah, so they're yeah, trying to get ambulances, yeah, yeah, and, and Clark's trying to stop them from getting yeah, ambulances. Yeah, he's, and... uh, she's, brought, she's brought kryptonite into the office, and he's responding as Superman responds to kryptonite, and they think he's having a heart attack, yeah. and he's like, nope, don't get it, no, I'll be, and you he just, know. He just and, gets uh, back uh, up yeah, and just brushes uh, himself off, he's like, yep. No, I, I had some bad shrimp. Yeah, <laughs> uh, no, that was great, that, that, that scene had a wee bit of threat on it, despite yeah. the fact, because there was the threat of... I mean, there's always the threat whenever Superman is weakened by kryptonite mm-hmm. that, you know, and they, they talk about loosening his tie and someone's like, oh no, don't loosen his tie, he really hates him. And we all know why they don't want him to loosen his tie because he's got his costume, costume, costume underneath. Yeah. You know, so there's that threat suddenly. Almost like Bram Michael Bendis is a good writer. Yeah, it's great though. <laughs> it's almost like he understands character. Understands Superman. Yeah, I really enjoyed that. <laughs> really enjoyed that, yeah. Um, the next one, it's, it's going to have to be Justice League Dark number three. I'm, Again, surpri- I'm surprised he's putting this in the middle of his see, three picks. It, it's, it went into the, the superheroes or humans type of thing. <laughs> With Justice League Dark number three, it's the end of basically the first arc for Justice League Dark. Which was a very short arc. Which was a short arc, but it did Three what issues. it was doing. Because it sort of it took it took No Justice, which set up the dark, Justice League Dark, mm-hmm. and went, yeah, that's it. And it moved on. That's the team. Here we go. Three set up one of the best villains that is coming out of Justice League Dark and we were talking about this earlier and you seem to think it's going to not go anywhere well, but I feel like it's going to come back it's, this... just, it's because you you made a comparison you said about this Wayne Bruce yeah. was in was that Batman 43 Batman, yeah Batman 43 and you said yeah they built up this great villain and then they went away and nothing happened yeah but, but that's what happens in Justice League Dark 3 that's what happens they in Justice League Dark 3 villain. we've got and he disappears and nothing happens. But when but, but he did but he disappears in a way yeah, where he goes coming back. This just got interesting. Yeah, he'll come back. Yeah. yeah. He didn't expect there to be any threat from this Justice League Dark. Mm-hmm. And then Wonder Woman came in and suddenly things got interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But even coming out of Justice League Dark, we've had big changes to Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. Wonder Woman yeah. is much more mystical than one of the oh, yeah. one of the three for DC. We've had a change to her that nobody's seen coming and it's now led on to a crossover with Wonder Woman and it's led yeah. on to the, the next big arc yeah. with Justice League the Witching Hour it but seems DC are doing that with all their Justice League titles from the Witching Hour to this Drowned Earth Drowned Earth with yeah. Justice League and Aqua I just think um, they're pushing Aquaman for the movie has Odyssey been released yet? Odyssey yes. first issue last week what was it? okay yeah, so it'll eventually get a big crossover it's in that big pile of yours probably <laughs> no I took it off I waited too long <laughs> it's it just Sleep Dark it feels like it's the start of something I've been yeah. looking forward to Just Sleep Dark it's like the mystical side of the yeah it basically yeah. takes yeah. the occult side of the DC which so is the best Satana, for me right. Satana it's Constantine it's Swamp Thing it's you know but Wonder Woman's part of this team and when this title was first announced, everyone looked at it and went, Why? they're just shoehorning yeah. Wonder Woman in there. Yeah. But, but she's now the most interesting character. Yeah, okay. Three because Wonder in. Woman, don't hit me. I never really had a feeling for Wonder Woman. Mm. Even the film, it was like, ah, okay. <laughs> yeah, that's what I said, don't hit me. <laughs> but, no, no, I had no feeling for it. <laughs> but, now, I, Witch and R came out this week. Still to read it, obviously. But I'm looking forward to it. It's the first yeah. time I've, there's a Wonder Woman title on my pool list, and I went, shit, I can't wait for that to come yeah. out. 
because I actually feel like I'm looking forward to something with one of them because it's interesting to me. Now. Yeah. No, I I totally concur. Just like Dark's been awesome and so anything, far. Anything to get Constantine and Swamp Thing back in the DCU. <laughs> Hard to beat a bit of Constantine. Can they exactly. just make Constantine a permanent member of he the is. team? He's been in every issue. He but he's, a, but, he's been in every issue. And he's a loner. He's a loner. Yeah, exactly. He's he doesn't want to be part he's of not, He's not as powerful to be in this team, yeah, okay. but he's more powerful than all of them coming yeah, yeah. from issue three. Yeah, I don't know if it, oh, you I, I just three. read issue three. Yeah, before this although that will yeah. change with obviously Wonder but Woman's part coming off of that. Yeah. I feel like he will probably be yeah. a number one team member at this yeah. point. Constantine appeared in that other book as well. That other book, we'll, get, oh. on to that. we'll get on to that. We'll get to that. Um, <laughs> so the next one, it's Marvel. It's a Marvel book. You. Why, <laughs> why are we jumping from like Constantine? We'll get to Batman, and then we'll just because jump. it's not actually there. It's the not, one's it's not, not the pick, three picks, but you have to there, talk yeah, about it. It's not, not there, the three yeah. picks. Yeah, Ghost Rider th- number three has to. It's a lot of threes. Cosmic. Notice how there's Ghost three Rider. titles and a lot of threes. Yeah, and good things come in threes. Good things come in threes. There we go. Ghost Rider number three. It's actually Cosmic Ghost Rider. Well, correct again. Is. Go- Cosmic Ghost Rider number two. I've got it written down. It's Ghost right, Rider. Now just remember, Vicky's behind you. She hasn't read it. Oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and dinner's True. being dished up, but we can't spoil what happens in Ghost Rider. Cosmic, Cosmic Ghost Rider. See, you've done to me here. Sorry. I think you've been well with it. Cosmic Ghost still. Rider takes. So, yeah, Cosmic Ghost Rider Co- 3, Donny Cates. Yeah. Doing it again. Cosmic Ghost. I haven't read any other Donny Cates stuff, and it eats me up and said every time I hear anyone talking about a Donny Cates title at this point it eats me up that I haven't been reading it mm. Venom Thanos Cosmic Ghost Rider is the one I jumped on with and it's good it's great I haven't read uh, I've read one and two I haven't read three but I mean the gist of it is that we have Frank Castle who is the Punisher who uh, became a Ghost Rider who then became a, the of Thanos. The, he became Galactus's. Then became uh, Galactus's Herald. Galactus's Herald, and then the yeah, then the, uh, yeah, the right hand of Thanos, yeah, and then the, Galactus. This very complicated history is in the first two pages, yeah, three pages. Yeah. Um, if you don't get told it, it's not a specific. This is what's happening. We don't get nope. a. We don't get a origin or anything. It's just you're told in the first couple of pages, and you just go with it. And right. um, with going with it, if you just turn everything off, it's amazing. That's what's Ghost so great about it. You don't need to have read anything before this yeah. because they will fill you in with it. That's the bottom line. Cosmic Ghost Rider number three basically takes the story, ramps it up, and goes with it in Saturday. Yeah. I mean, Cosmic Ghost Rider, I mean, as, as you all well know at this point, I'm Mr. DC as opposed to Mr. Marvel, but this is easily one of the best titles of the year. This is fresh, it's fun, it's stupid, it's ridiculous, it's action-packed, it's beautiful artwork it's brilliantly written and i like that they've just committed to five issues as a mini series rather than you know this will be an ongoing until it's no longer popular you know donny Cates clearly has a specific time frame in mind for this story and those for me are the best stories uh similar thing with heroes in crisis it's a mini series mr miracle it's a mini series not all the best things have to be uh long ongoing things yeah and cosmic ghost rider like someone said to me, it's the most metal comic ever written, yeah, which considering it might have even been yourself, but considering this is like a year after metal came out, <laughs> it's amazing to me that this, and I this agree, is it is, metal it's comic. awesome. Um, so but yeah, even, I mean, even though it's, it's three issues in at this point, you can still catch up. I don't know if reprints are, yeah, they're doing second and third printings and stuff. Now. It's proven it's any Donny Cates style gets It feels like you sort of just need the story to go on with, get in with it, but you can yeah. jump in at any point. Yeah, well, that's it. Well, 
as we said, this would be a uh, short, <laughs> one hour long conversation. Oh, wow. Um, what we're going to do is we're just going to take a little break here and then we're going to talk uh, in a few minutes about probably the most controversial comic title for a long time for one reason or another. Uh, but uh, we'll just take a quick break and then we'll come back after this. Okay, so we're back as part of the uh, review show just to have a little chat about uh, a comic that came out a few weeks ago. It has become part of the public consciousness to the point that there's articles in The Guardian. It seems to have uh, crossed the divide between sort of the comics medium to mass market media uh, for one very, very stupid reason, I will say. Uh, And the title we're talking about, in case you don't know, is uh, called Batman Damned. So Batman Damned is the first title to launch on DC's new Black Label, uh, which is all about more mature stories, more adult-orientated comics, uh, with Batman Dam that's written by Bran Azzarello, uh, art by Lee Bermeo. And uh, it's been sold as basically uh, the, the Joker has been killed. Batman can't remember if he did it. He's been accused of it. So it's all about him trying to retrace his steps to find out what actually happened. Uh, to do this, he enlists the help of the original, you know, unreliable narrator, if you will, John Constantine. And uh, goes from there. So... With Batman Damned, we maybe had about 30 people with it in pre-orders. You know, we, we heavily pushed the title. It was going to be a £6. In fact, I think this suggested retail price is 6 But we were selling it at £6. It was $6.99 title. And it was going to be the first of three issues. And we pushed it heavily, as I say, over 30 people. But we ordered about 40 copies, thinking, you know, a few extra copies, you know, on the racks. Hopefully people who missed out on sort of all the buzz around it could pick it up still at that price. No, I, Chris. <clears throat> I, Chris, another shout out to you, sir. Uh, I mean, our copy sold out by Wednesday afternoon. It wasn't on sale for more than a couple hours. And it has massively escalated from there to the point, and I kid you not, if you have a copy of it, whether it's cover A or the Jim Lee variant cover B, you will sell for £60 plus on eBay. Now, I would like to say that the reason it's selling for that is because it's a quality title. It's a good title. It's not... It wasn't good enough to sort of, and I'm sorry I'm going to have to say this, it wasn't good enough to penetrate, hey, hey. like what I did there, uh, any of our top three lists for the past month. I mean, it was a good issue. It was very solid. Looking forward to seeing where it goes. It was very world building. Yeah, it was, yeah. It was an introductory issue, essentially. Yeah. But <clears throat> we just thought we'd chat about it a little bit um, before we get to the elephant trunk in the room. <laughs> There's way too many puns here. Um, before we get to that, what was everybody's impressions on it? The reason we wanted to talk about this is because if there was a single title that Kieran personally was looking forward to this yeah. year, you've already heard him wax lyrical about Justice League Dark, the mystical side of the DC Universe, his love of Constantine. This was the one he was looking forward to. Yeah, this one Thoughts? was the one that I was... It was always in the back of my head for every every release week. I wasn't really following the date it was coming out. I just knew it was coming out in a matter of weeks. I was like, was oh, it this week? Is it this week? It finally dropped. <clears throat> we all know the story. I up early in the morning. Everything. <laughs> um, Extra £10 in a taxi down. Day of release yeah. just to get it before he went to work. Read it that day. At least it paid for the taxi. Well. <laughs> it, it's it's true. If I Silver lining. If I slipped it in for taxi. <laughs> you might but, get lunch out of it as well. <laughs> but I uh, I was looking forward to it. it. All the previews were slowly coming out over the months. We got... We first The first snippet we got maybe was just a picture of Constantine and then we sort of got a wee bit more. 
towards the end we had maybe two or three pages of the book in the back of I think it was Justice League there was a preview of it I feel Batman as well I think it might have been I saw Justice League anyway I think it was Justice League I mean Um, part of this is that this was being pushed everywhere like there was no way if you were in the comics that you did not know this title was coming out this this grasped me because it was three of my favourite DC characters three of my favourite comics characters Batman Constantine Zatanna all in the one book and it was fantastic art and it seemed like it, had, it was an interesting story came out and I read it on my lunch break because and we should say before he even read it there was a slight disappointment from us as comic collectors and how we store our yes. comics and everything Aww. we were expecting a square bound issue we were expecting a premium format great paper stock great card stock all the rest it came out and it was magazine sized and luckily we had bags and boards in the store but that was pure luck it wasn't like we know it's going to be this size we'll make sure we have these ones ready uh so straight away it looks like it's going to be a bit awkward to read yeah right away it's you're sort of going in there going why is why is this this really Mm -hmm. so set that and put my earphones in i can't even remember what i I went and specifically looked for something ambient to listen to in the Mm -hmm. background not I think the, I mean not the high school musical class. Definitely not the high school musical class, Stephen. Um, but I, I think I ended up putting up like a horror movie soundtrack. Or it was actually one of the John Carpenter lost. Interesting, you did that. I did Batman Begins. Oh really? That was what I listened to. So I, I stuck on one of the John Carpenter lost tracks. I thought ambient music. It's it's a horror title. I'll give it that. So I sat down in the middle of work, started reading. <laughs> In the yes, middle of in work. The, in the middle of work. So these pages Just in are case massive. you're listening and you work these for Damsco Bank. These pages are massive. <laughs> and everybody can see it. <laughs> see what? What could what they see? We'll get there. So I'm reading it. Maybe the first couple of pages go through. I'm like, right, okay, this is going somewhere. I'm first couple of pages, first, I have to say, were yeah, possibly yeah. my favourite first few pages. Then you flip over and there it is. Just right there in front of you. Not once. Not once. Not but twice, twice. But the once. Three times. <laughs> I thought it was only twice. I thought it was twice. Three times. I think a, I read this again recently and it was only two. There's a panel where he, he, he takes them off and you get like a side view. Yeah. And then there's the front view. It sounds like a Where's Wally episode. Yeah, that's what it is. Where's Wally? He's sitting. <laughs> that's what I was going for. <laughs> but. Is it too late to pull get, get me on. Hey. Get, getting beyond the <laughs> getting beyond the, the, the elf in the room getting beyond the cock oh all right. the battle wang let's the battle get it getting, getting that out of the way that was a shock that was okay but it's a black label title it's a, it's a, it's a mature title it's not like they put this in the DC Supergirls and it's not like we haven't seen it before I mean Batman's dick first appeared in what yeah. the of comics 37 he was also in Batman 55 are you yeah. just making this up <laughs> oh god <laughs> But it was it was it was it was it was a mature title. Yeah. It's not like with it was just a normal release that was coming out every week. It's not like it was DC superhero birds. It, it's not that it was expected. It was just it was there. Uh, well, we should okay. clarify at this point. Kieran read it before me, and he sent me a message saying you read it yet, and I said no. Wait until I get home. I want to sit down, give it the proper respect, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And he said I saw something in it I didn't expect to see. You'll know when you get to it. So I was right, fair enough. Um, <clears throat> so, so, yeah, so I waited till I got home to read it. And I turned the pages. I got to this scene where Bruce is naked and you see his cock. That's it. Yeah. I looked down and went, oh, turned the page. Continued reading because I like to yeah, think I'm a mature I, I adult. Continued reading on. 
But this whole thing has spiraled out of control to such a ridiculous degree that, like, I ended up tweeting IGN about this. They led with their headline for their review of it. Mm-hmm. Come this way if you want to see Batman's penis. Is that really what comics are being reduced to? Apparently. That people think you need this shock value. Yeah. Keith's made a good point. This He stayed remarkably silent to this point. But he made a good point. He thought it was a little bit gratuitous. That yeah. it was almost like, this is an adult-orientated title, so we need to put something adult in there. Mm-hmm. I personally looked at it as, this is Bruce at his most vulnerable. He's naked. He's not in the bat suit. That's, and that's it. It's just a character moment. Turn the page. Job done. Yeah. But... It's got to the point now, there was, I think, 150,000 print run. Mm-hmm. DC have announced they're not doing a second print. They may at some point. For me, if they will, they'll do it just before issue two drops mm-hmm. to get people to buy issue two. And they're going to censor this out. But it was censored I out seen, in the digital version. Yeah, I've seen the digital yeah. version actually today. It's ridiculous. And it, it actually doesn't look right. I don't think it's ridiculous. I think it's exactly what you said at the, in, in your introduction to this, is it's... The public consciousness. Yeah, it seems it's like it's got new. it's got uh, great publicity. Yeah, it's yeah. got. And I think that's exactly what they were looking for. It, it, exactly it seems like the after. new because even I think it yeah. was same day the digital release was already censored. Mm. Day of release, it was already gone. Mm. So it seems like the sort of new when they released it, but the print 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 yeah. was already gone. And the other thing they weren't do. saying in, uh, the, like the news stories and the you know the the media, was that, it's. I, you see I don't I never saw Black Label as being adult oriented necessarily mm-hmm. what it is is it's another word for elsewhere it's, yeah. it's a story that's removed from continuity yeah. so yeah. so it's not an uncontinuity story with Tom King's Batman uh, so it's, it's mm. you know what I mean so but you know you're, you're, you've got people clamouring for, for this issue you know people who won't be buying Tom King's Batman people who won't be buying you know, comics yeah, exactly, yeah. Think, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. and speculators and this and that and the other so I don't know if it'll have it'd be great if it had the effect that people started you know people who weren't picking up comics are now yeah. picking up comics yeah. but I don't know that that's going to be the case but what's frustrating about that is it's released as we specified earlier it's released the same week as Batman 55 which mm-hmm. is a stellar example of the comic medium mm-hmm. but it was just it was buried under all these headlines yeah. it was just mm-hmm. Batman damn Batman gets his cock out blah 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 it ends up in the news and <clears throat> it brought out one of my biggest pet hates in comics and that is investors and speculation and I understand if you own Amazing Fantasy 15 mm-hmm. and you know that's worth a fortune that's fine this issue was up to this issue was being sold for £20 on the Thursday it was being sold for £40 on the Friday what was the cover price? $6 sorry $6.99 mm-hmm. it was being sold for £60 on the Monday yeah. if it was going to generate all this heat what and, and it goes back to what Keith was saying. I would love this if someone who was never interested in comics went, maybe I'll go pick this up. This, yeah. this sounds interesting. But instead, what they're going to be greeted by is going to a comic store. The comic store is going to say, I'm very sorry we're sold out. But you can buy a copy for £45 on eBay. They're just going to go, yeah, I'll just leave it. Yeah. And step away. So yeah. that's what I'm saying, what I don't understand about the whole idea of there not being a second print. Surely capitalizing all this heat mm-hmm. and people can pick it up. Um, but it, it feels like it's, it's a death Superman thing all over again so everybody's picked it up everybody's got a couple of issues and they're just going to drop the price after so many years yeah I mean I think it'll it'll still be worth more than what you paid for it. yeah but, but it's going to go down it is it's, it's the has usual to... thing that always happens with big events in comics yeah. I know this isn't a big event but it's a big thing that's happened yeah. but it, it's all it, everybody's bought them and you're going to get thousands of them on eBay wow. like so, I've got I've got two copies of Death Superman 
and I've paid less than six quid for both of them. Mm-hmm. So they're like it's just gonna go go down in price at this point. So basically, what you're saying is sell it now, <laughs> sell high, <laughs> buy low. <laughs> <laughs> No, I mean, I, I mean, I would love a copy for my collection, but you know, you I don't have a copy. No, I made sure. I give you one forty-five quid. I made sure. <laughs> forty. I'll give you all. But I mean, 40. I, I was able to attract some new customers to the store through this. I don't want to go into too many details, but there were a few people who came across to us at Coffee and Heroes because we were willing to sell it at cover price, even a day after. And, I mean, I've. I mean, I've not been reading comics long. Someone obviously like Keith, but I've never seen anything like this before in terms of rapid acceleration of value. Well, that quickly. It actually reminded me because I remember being in your store. It was the old store, Mister Miracle. We're not open very long. It was Mister yeah. Miracle? That that was the first time I yeah. saw it and felt it because I wanted to read Mister yeah. Miracle. And obviously, I haven't. No, yeah. because it went up in price, and I wanted the first yeah. print. But I'm just reading the trade. It, it was a good. But uh, even then, it went up to like twenty quid. It didn't yeah. go up to sixty. No, it went up to fifty. I don't think it was. It did. Yeah. Was that a second Tom King? Went no, it was just standard. Because I remember going in. Um, I had two copies in my hand, and I was like, "Look, you know what? I'll come back tomorrow. If it's here tomorrow, I'll pick it up." That's the exact same. And moment. I went back yeah. the next day, and I said, "Do you have Mister Miracle?" And you said, uh, "Have a look on eBay." And I went on eBay, and it was like fifty quid. Mm. Was it, it and was unfortunately, a... may I say, I didn't own one of those either. <laughs> <laughs> and I still to this day can't remember one of the people who bought. Yeah, I, was uh, still, I was speculated they bought. Uh, <laughs> speculated on who it might be. It was an alright book. Uh, the art was fantastic. The art was great. Uh, the art was fantastic. It was real uh, gritty, and you were seeing the thing oh, that gothic. Yeah. yeah, the thing that got me was the was the detail in, in Batman's costume, which mm. just. Mm-hmm. didn't look like the sleek costume you see in Tom King's Batman yeah, it was like Kevlar it was like Kevlar yeah. and, and sewn together leather and you can see the stitches and uh, you know that was kind of kind of cool um, that opening scene I thought was wonderful yeah. because I've always thought in comics why does someone not try and take Batman's mask off mm-hmm. if he's injured or he's hurt yeah. and the paramedics are like look we need to treat you but oh, don't you want to know who this guy is yeah. and as soon as they start to try and trim it Batman, yeah. you know, obviously springs See, to the life. To be fair, how were how they cutting through his Kyle with scissors? Well, well, surgical scissors. I, and again, it goes back to what Keith said. It's, it's not, just like, it's not like it's, you know, yeah. the Kyle yeah. out of, you know, yeah, that, I don't Owens think you're going to see Batman on this. The yeah. only gadget you saw Batman using was his grapple. Yeah. Uh, suppose, yeah. You know, I mean, you didn't see any, like, high tech yeah. you know everything then <clears> it was fairly though. I mean I suppose the grapnel's high tech enough like yeah. but does uh, it get very stripped back back yeah, to yeah, basics yeah, Batman yeah very yeah. much so very much remind so. me of something like Batman Earth 1 yeah. and it, then, then that way then it gets <clears throat> side by side with Constantine who's just a dude in a dirty suit and a and a trench coat yeah, yeah. but I mean I, apart from that opening scene <clears throat> I struggle to remember an awful lot about the story yeah mm-hmm. I, I've, I've read it three times and I, that's, that's the only reason I can recall parts of it mm. but I feel like if I read it once and put it away it would be I couldn't tell you what the cliffhanger is right now I can't I, read, I don't want to spoil it I read it once I feel like I can you're not spoiling it because I have read it but ah uh, yes yes the, the church yes you're not spoiling it because I've read it no I don't want to if, if no, anybody's ever going to read it true if they don't read it print. but no one's going to buy it now yeah unless it's for an investment no one's going to buy it because they really want to read the story the books don't well <coughs> for me because I now want to read Joker I want to read Luther I want to read Batman mm. Noel or mm. yeah Batman Noel yeah 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 
there's enough truth to that but I mean I will pick up Batman Damn number two I'll probably not keep it because I don't have a number one but uh, (laughs) I do want to read it I want to see where it goes I want to give them the benefit of the doubt I love Azzarello as a writer art style will draw me in every time I really hope and I hate even saying this out loud but I really hope that you're not about to see like Harley Quinn topless in the next one or something like that to balance out what the controversy was of this one so, I, I uh, feel like they'll probably end up da- editing something back at this point. Yeah. That's probably why I, the I don't think. I don't think they, yeah. I think this. I think this was planned. I think they knew exactly what they were going to get. It wasn't. Yeah. It was, I, but, I don't but, think anybody but, in the DC marketing department was. But surprised. do they? Because if they knew this was going to happen, they would have printed yeah. half a million copies. DC don't see any benefit from this book they, trading for sixty pounds. Yeah, they wouldn't be getting the money. They're from not getting anything from that. that. They they're sold out of their print room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So even if that cop wasn't in it, it probably would have sold out anyway. Because what is this? This is the. This isn't just the the launch of a book. This is the launch of their black label mm-hmm. line. Mm, well, uh, and DC will see the benefit whenever mm-hmm. it goes to trade. Which they don't do, need to do that. Which it'll do. Which it'll do in three months. Uh, mm-hmm. just in time for Christmas. Yeah. Uh, because it's only three issues, isn't that right? No, but it's yeah, three but issues it's, every two months. Got pushed, oh, right, yeah. okay. It's, it's a full on the Doomsday Clock. Okay, uh, right, right, right. But whereas I don't mind waiting yeah. two months for Doomsday Clock, I get the feeling I'll forget all about this, yeah, and then yeah. the week it comes out, go, all right, Batman Damn yeah. 2 this week. And I bet you the trade will be regular comics. Isn't it? <laughs> that, would, that would be better if I did that. I could put it on a shelf. <laughs> Batman White Knight, which originally was not part of Black label. Yeah, it's been, it's been relabeled black label. It's yeah. been relabeled black label, but there's a scene They've in added. Batman White Knight, and it's iconic because it's the first time the Joker and Harley Quinn have got intimate together. But they added that for black label. They added that for the no, actual no, 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 they that, that was oh. There was talk of Sean Murphy putting an uncensored oh, really? this, scene in yeah. it. Oh, it was censored. It was censored with <coughs> speech bubbles. Oh, yeah, okay. It was censored with the speech bubbles. So right. in the trade, was there was that? rumors they were gonna take that back, but. Um, I do have the trade sitting over there. I could check, but uh, no, I think Sean Murphy even came out and said, "Just so you know, this release will not incorporate any so, of that." So I mean, I don't think Black Label, as I say, necessarily means adult content. I mm, think Black yeah. Label is just another word for else words because yeah. Yeah, yeah. because White Knight takes place in the Murphy verse, and yeah. this is clearly out of uh, continuity with Batman. These are just yeah. excuses for. Standalone stories. Yeah, yeah, standalone stories and artists but to be able to do these things. With, are they with, standalone or is Black Label its own universe? No, no, I think universe. they're all standalone. No, because because there's no way that yeah, Dan the White Knight are the same universe. It's elsewhere. It's, it's another word word for elsewhere. Yeah. 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 But someone, I don't know, it might have even been you, Stephen, said is, or maybe it was Chris, I'm not sure, but someone said that Batman Dam is a direct sequel. Joker. It was Chris. The Joker. Chris said it, yeah. So because it was Azarello and Bermeo as well, so right. again that intrigues me to go back and read it. But from seeing art, I would say it would be more Noel because of the same suit and things. Yeah, like that. I've never read Joker, so I wouldn't know. But but I mean, if nothing else, it's got people talking about comics. I mean, again, it goes. I'll repeat again my bugbear of this should not have been sold at anything above cover price yep. within the first week of release. Yeah. It should be something that's appealing to new readers, not haha. I've got five copies of this. I'm gonna sell and make three hundred quid. It's really frustrating, but again, it goes back to the importance of, and this is a shameless promotional plug for the store, but this goes back to the importance of pull lists. If you pre-order something, it will be cover price. I still have copies of Batman Damned in the store two weeks later that are for people who have pre-ordered it. They will not be be charged any more than what they paid for cover price. It's very decent of you, sir. It's, again, it's maybe what you're saying about Black Label. It's, It's long 
long term. Yeah. I'd rather people read this, thought, I enjoyed that, I'll get the next one. Whereas if you say this is £40 or £50, they might read and go, really? This is mm-hmm. what the yeah. fuss is about? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I should charge them 50 quid for Batman 55 because it's fucking awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, um, yeah, we'll just we'll stick a pin in it there. Um, I'll be honest, this was going to be a review show into a preview show, but I think we'll just cut it there. And this will just uh, function as a wee review show. We're talking about revamping the format and maybe doing this as a separate one to the previews. So, but uh, as always, just pleasure just sitting around chatting because I think it's going to be a 20-minute conversation that turns into an hour and a half. And that's why we all love comics, I would say. So, uh, once again, just cheers for everyone popping around. Thank you very much. Yep. Cheers. And until next time. <laughs>